0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please, join your host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Animation Communication, where it's a kind of behind-the-scenes episode, slash get-your-shit-together episode, essentially. Um, Volunteering for a group project, or any group project, so um, I did something, or we're doing something that we don't usually do, and having um, team members from Team KP, slash, whatever I decide to rename it, if I'm gonna rename it maybe, I don't know. Um, talking about why they, they they do shit for me essentially, so and not just because I ask. Um so before I, I talk about that, uh Lauren, tell me about that one the the one story that we have today.
2: Yeah, because there's only so much we can report within a couple days here. But um Because of the timeliness of this, uh, we are, so it's already made headlines that Tuca and Birdie, which was, uh, it was on a Netflix originally, animated series on Netflix, uh, adult animated series, I should say, too. Uh, it got axed after one season and everybody was kind of, you know, pissed off about that. Um, but then they got news that they were greenlit for a season two, but they were being picked up on Adult Swim. And so uh, a trailer pretty much dropped, well, I should say a teaser dropped for the new season, which is coming out in 2021, and it actually showcases a new art style for the show, so it's actually not art style, but animation style, I should say. Uh, if you watch Tuca and Birdie on Netflix, it was mostly kind of like a puppet animation. It was two D, but it was puppet animation. Uh, this one is looking to be more frame by frame, which is actually really cool to see, and it seems more in tune with what you would see on Adult Swim, especially from like independent creators, which is really cool. So here's here's hoping that season two is really good. It's it's, it's very exciting.
1: Um, is it is it a BoJack spinoff or just like stylized like BoJack?
2: It's stylized like BoJack. It's not related to BoJack, even though it's a world that also has anthropomorphic animals in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was confused about when I saw trailers. I didn't. I've never seen it before, but I just know. Like I was like, oh, I guess they're just doing that now because BoJack is gonna end soon because they got the 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 staff basically got in a fight with Netflix um, about. I think Union Rights, something like that. So, and and then Netflix is like, fuck you. And I'm, and they're like, well, fuck you too, Netflix. And that's why there's only one, there was only like season six of BoJack. Because I guess that the crew thought like everyone loves BoJack. We have like a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. It will be fine. Um, but, you know, the man is the man, so...
2: Yeah, so everyone's really excited that it's – yeah, because the teaser just dropped for that, I think, it, like, overnight uh, to show the new animation style. And it looks really good. So, yeah, let's let's see how that goes. It's supposed to be a much – it's almost like BoJack, but a lot lighter in tone. <laughs> so it would be a lot more of, like, the – a lot more fun and a lot less existential dread.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was my big um, turn off from watching BoJack originally because um, – Everyone's just like, you're just gonna get the press watching it. And, um, but I watched it, like, um, right after I moved to LA, which I think was good timing because it's set in, like, not technically L- LA because the, the wood and the Hollywood falls down, so it's Hollywood. I don't know. It's the stupid, it's a stupid joke. But anyway, that's, um, I thought it was interesting to see, like, things like the, the, th- what's, what, what's the, what's the thing, Lauren? that the stargazer thing in the park
2: oh griffith observatory yeah
1: yeah 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 that the 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 rebel without a cause place um so they had that like that in bojack and la has like a lot of like obscure landmarks i feel like everyone knows the hollywood sign griffith park is probably ish because of um again rebel without a cause but what
2: and la la land and la la land yeah (laughs) that's
1: true Um, the scene where they're dancing in the park is Griffith, 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 Griffith Park. There we go. Um, we'll do... I know, it's a a little bit of a tongue twister. We'll do LA history some other time when I don't miss it as much. But anyway, um, we're getting off (laughs) track. We're getting off topic. So, um, with me today, um, are two of the team members, two of the senior team members. Um, Ola is the head editor slash, um... He does PR if not PR, um, HR if needed. So that's if someone is having a hard time and um, they need help, and they don't need to talk to me because I think um, something I've noticed throughout the years is people are intimidated to tell me things because um, I'm the channel head and like I I don't know if they if they like the channel or if they like the channel anyway before joining the team. Then um, you know they they. Hold me higher for some reason in their head, and they don't want to personally disappoint me, so you know i but at the end of the day, I just want people to be like honest and i don't I don't really care as long as people are honest and um they they commit to what they they agree to commit to so and then I also have Matt, who's been on the team for like ever um essentially, and he is an artist on the team slash animator um depending on the need, so he does both um so Ola. Why don't you go first? We'll go all on that, I guess. So tell me about yourself and your background, like, why you like film and why you decided to join the team. And um, why are you working for free? Don't you know you you should be paid for your work?
3: Oh, wow. Well, it all started when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well... Uh, I've actually have been interested in like uh, film making like my whole life. Even like as a kid, I tried to make like stupid short films, but it was really like in middle school I started getting into into editing. Um, It's actually quite a funny story when it comes to that. I actually had like this photography class in middle school, and then one of our project was making was making like a short film, and then I just realized. Oh wow, this is way more fun than actually taking photography. Even though we didn't my group didn't get to create uh a short film because uh we couldn't get along. Um but it was really in high school I, I got to know Premiere and I actually studied uh and I guess majored in as you would say in America in uh film photography and uh graphic design and journalism. Um And, um, I'm now currently, uh, studying, uh, film theory, uh, in, in college or uni or whatever you call it, wherever you come from. Um, and I decided to join the team originally because, well, I honestly, I think I joined the team the same way a lot of the people on the team actually joined. I originally applied for Josh Gorch's channel, like a lot of the other editors, um, and I didn't get the job, but then I just got a mail, a email from this team uh, that was just like, uh, "Hey, wanna? I, I, we saw you applied for Josh, and we were wondering if you wanted to apply for us instead." And uh, the email made it really clear that this was a, a non-profit channel and that it would be volunteer work. But I thought this would be a great opportunity to like get to know other people like me and get more experience uh, in editing and, and uh, just improve my skills and everything and I f- feel like it worked and to be honest I feel like I also sort of joined because I thought that it might be a gateway into eventually actually getting a job, uh editor's job for, for Josh. <laughs>
0: um,
3: and um, not to sound too cocky but I honestly do believe that if I applied for Josh now uh, he would probably accept me as an editor but uh, I've had opportunities to apply for Josh, but I've chosen not to because I really like being on this team a, a lot uh, because uh, we're just such a great community. We're like a little family, you know, we're all great friends, and that's why I stayed. I, I came for the experience and I stayed for the people.
1: So, would you say you you love KP a lot?
3: Uh, I love Team KP a lot.
1: I uh, <laughs> messed it up. Okay. Well, anyway. Um- <laughs> Okay, so Matt, why't you like 'cause you were you were one of the ones that like got in through the back way, and I usually don't do back way entries for the team like ever, but you can you can tell the story of how you got into art and or how like you ended up in the basement forever.
4: um, what got me into it it's a bit of a long story because it wasn't originally what I was going to get into. I mean, I've always been a bit of a doodler since I was like in little school. I always liked doing it. I always used to scribble in books and, you know, like books I shouldn't have, and some books I wish I hadn't because they'd probably be worth a lot more nowadays. But it had always been there. But my main focus was always writing. Uh I'd been writing since I was a very young kid, never really learned how to do it properly. So I'm very self-taught. In fact, even with art, I'm pretty much self-taught uh it wasn't until i was in college and i was doing a film and television production course that i kind of really got into anime i'd been into anime for a few years but i didn't know what anime was until college you know it was like i was always watching these british uh releases of anime but i didn't know what it was you know it was like oh wow this is a brilliant style and i quite like it and it wasn't until college that I met a, an anime fan that he told told me what anime was, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know this style. Uh, so he was drawing it a lot, and it kind of inspired me to draw a lot. And because of doing a lot of storyboarding uh, for our projects, uh, as well as the writing, it kind of got me more into the mood. Uh, I really started wanting to draw that. and. With my friend at the time, we started to make a couple of comics. Uh, We came up with a few ideas while we were still studying film and television. Uh, But it never really went anywhere. And after college, but I still had a love for making comics. And while I was looking for work in the industry, I just decided, right, I'm going to keep up my skills by trying to make comics, keep working those storyboards. And it it kind of went from there. I started working on DeviantArt. art. I started putting out fan comics, doing fan drawings. They weren't go- very good, but I was self teaching myself, and I always wanted to go into animation. I even wrote to Marvel Comics once, and you know, so I got this idea for a comic book, and they sent this letter back saying, you know, they basically they don't take things from um, from random people. Which was fine, you know. They put it was a, a very nice letdown, but it, it bolstered me wanting to to carry on. One day I was uh, with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, she introduced me to My Little Pony, and I quite enjoyed it. And I started watching with viewers. And I remember watching a KP video, and the ponies that she was using the, the oc at the time they were good but they just seemed quite rough like the lines weren't always the same size so i kind of offered my services to kp in remaking them i thought i could make some simple ones for you and she said yes and i was gonna just gonna go to do the original like it was like 12 or 15 uh images that she had and I redid those and I thought you know what I could just very simply move the eyes make the mouths different kind of like have the same eyes but the different mouths so in the end when I said right I've got these images for you uh, and you said okay send them along and I just basically sent her like 400 to 500 (laughs) different (laughs) images I said look this is for every situation and she was like oh my god Uh, you know so this is a lot and so when after i'd done that you continued to ask you know if i wanted to do some more and yeah and that's kind of how i joined the team and i've been doing art for it ever since and uh then I started doing bits of animation here and there i started giving her these little animations the first one I gave her was uh the final fantasy pony uh one that I did and then the team ran with it and they did a brilliant job of my original rough idea and it's been great that i've had the opportunity to uh do more. Uh, animation. It's helped me develop my animation, helped me practice a lot more. And, you know, it's given me the experience that I, I really needed uh, to do stuff.
1: Um, so, Ola, why don't you tell me um, what, I guess, what skills you use for the team and um, why you specifically enjoy, enjoy the collaboration process versus just doing stuff on your own? Uh,
3: well... Uh I mean the the skills I usually use for the team are obviously like um all my skills in Premiere I, I always try to use all the knowledge I have in Premiere to do like the unique things every video um
1: what is tell tell people what premiere is
3: Premiere is an editing software made by Adobe uh where uh you can do very basic effects but you can also animates different uh pngs or vectors uh, um and uh it's mostly used for used for cutting clips uh together um and then uh when you are done with that you usually put that stuff into after effects to do uh more complicated effects Uh, in the video and After Effects is another editing software which is not as good for cutting, but is really good for creating more complicated uh, animations and uh, effects in uh, videos Um, For example, if you want to do a cool 3D Effect with some text it's best to do this in After Effects and that's also why it is called After Effects um And a lot of the time during our video editing, we also have to use Photoshop. Uh, I have a lot of Photoshop experience. There's a lot of different things we can do uh, with Photoshop. Uh, Often we use it to create gags. uh, But the most common use for Photoshop is uh, usually just removing the background of images. So we can use uh, that as a vector in the video or maybe um, uh, for a gag or maybe even just for the thumbnail and we also obviously use uh Photoshop for the thumbnail. And if you need me to explain what Photoshop is, uh it kind of says itself, but it's a photo editing software. Um uh, but it's uh it's a more uh, complicated photo, sh- photo editing software you where you can do uh it seems like almost endless things with uh with the program. Um
1: I, yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing you guys use Photoshop for is just removing the background. Um, yeah. So, like, if you're looking at uh, like a square picture, there's like a character, and there might be a background. So, like, it's taking, it's removing the background, so you can just take the character and put it basically wherever on screen without with just by itself. I guess is the easiest way to describe it. Photoshop is also used for drawing, which we'll talk about some other time. But um,
3: that is true. Yeah.
1: A lot of like
3: I am not the correct person to talk about drawing however <laughs> um, I, I I actually am planning to try to learn how to use both Photoshop and After Effects to actually try to animate um, uh, different old uh, paintings and stuff, I found this really cool tutorial on YouTube that I'm really going to start studying and try to do that. So I might do some cool effects with that uh, in the future. Yay. Where we can make paintings move if I get the hang of it. Um.
1: Yay, we can do Harry Potter, Potter jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and yeah. And yeah, also, I'll also use Audition to edit the audio... Um, which uh, for this podcast is mostly just uh, a bunch of uh, cutting and sometimes effects, but uh, we try to use as little effects as possible. But on the more complicated videos, we try to uh, obviously cut it, but we also try to remove inhales and, and, and pops and clicks as uh, KP calls them, uh, which we then have to do more complicated uh, effects and sometimes actually just zoom really close onto the timeline and remove them manually. <laughs>
4: My tools. Uh, I mean, I do a lot of traditional stuff, but for like the team, uh, I use a lot of digital equipment. At the moment, I've got a UG HK fifteen sixty, I think, uh, a tablet to draw on, and I use a variety of programs for just plain drawing. I tend to use Paint Tool Sai because it's a it gives me a lot of those nice, clean, smooth lines. Uh, because I use a laptop. Uh, it's a very simple laptop. It's not the best, uh, but it, it works for, for my needs. And Paint Tool Sci works great with it. But I do use a lot of the Adobe programs. I've got Photoshop uh, CS6 I'm currently using, which I use for a lot of effects if I need to do them or if I want to do frame-by-frame frame, traditional animating i use the animator tool that's in there it's a bit awkward but i've learned to work with it i also use flash but it's a very complicated program to get the effects you wanted it's very good for animating and sometimes what i do is i animate first in flash um so I can get the timing, I can get the look right, because I can use the onion skin, which allows me to very quickly look between the different frames rather on Photoshop, where I have to kind of either change the opacity or I have to flick between the different frames in the timeline. That can make it complicated and very long-winded. But it's also very good uh, for very quick GIFs and stuff, because exporting in, in Flash, I still haven't got that down. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, or if I've got like just the wrong settings or something. Uh, I've done quite a few of the KP projects in both those programs, and I've also done uh, one animation in uh, Paint Tool Sai because I knew all the different layers. I basically did it the same way I would do it in Flash, but I just wouldn't have a timeline because then I would then save it and color it all in uh paint or side and then export the file into photoshop and then kind of do the timeline there something you can't do you can't export to flash unfortunately as far as i know i mean you can put in gifs but it's very difficult then to edit them uh and yeah i mean when i do voice recording i use audacity i've got a uh a blue yeti microphone which i'm using to kind of talk to you now um and uh, a voice meter to help but yeah i mean <laughs> i don't I, i'm not sure really sure on how to uh tell people what to use because sometimes a program can work better for one person than it does for, for others for for beginning i think any program if you don't have any experience with it is difficult and there might be easier programs to use it's more a case of try it and see how it goes i mean i'm self-taught so it's it's easy for me to say i, I can go into any program and given time because that's what i'm used to doing is going into a program giving myself time to use it and then going with it but yeah i use photoshop uh, flash paint tool sci and premiere mostly for my artwork and animating
1: Okay, so what do you enjoy about the the collaboration process in general versus just doing stuff by yourself? Like what is, you know, not like, I guess team stuff, but also like what, so what are your, what are the pros of just being on the team or just being on a collaborative team in general?
4: Um, I guess the teamwork. When I was in college learning that we had to work in a team you couldn't just do anything by yourself. And when I left college and I started making comics by myself and I spent a lot of time trying to get the old group together to make films, but everybody started having their own life and I kind of missed that. And So when I started working with Team KP, it was a case of, hey, I'm working with the team again. You know, it it, it took a, a little get getting used to again. Because I I'd, I'd spent a good couple of years working on projects by myself, relying on just myself, and working on a, a team with the collaboration process. You don't have to put all that stress on yourself, so it it lowers the amount you have to do, and you can get something far bigger. Out of working with people and faster than you ever could by yourself. I mean, by yourself, you could contain the quality, you know. <laughs> I think the hardest part of a collab is like making sure everybody knits together. And I think I've said a few times in chats with people that, uh, you know, it's like when they, we kind of show each other our work, it's like, okay, mine's off model. Uh, and I hear that a lot from, from you, KP, that, you know, a lot of the characters that I draw are sometimes slightly off-model. The hoof was not right. The nose isn't right. And we, we all got that. And it's like, because I'm an anime artist. We got other people who were like Disney artists. Uh, the people who do like Warner Brothers styles. And, you know, all, all, all varieties of style is in this team. And it's very hard to, to turn to somebody and say, okay, this has to be on-model and go against a lot of the grain of your own stuff. And sometimes, you know, we're allowed to do our style uh for short projects or and whatnot. But, it, you know, it's a bit hard sometimes, but always well worth it because we are learning to work in a professional setting. You don't go to a studio and say, hey, I'm going to draw this character that's been drawn for 20, 30 years in my own style. The rest of you can say... You know, do it in your style and you end up with something really different. I mean, there are times where that's done, like with Steven Universe, they've had various versions of Steven Universe within like the same episode, but they're only slightly off. But it's nice to work in that, in that kind of team environment where everybody can then tell you what you're doing wrong and you can improve. I mean, I think I've improved a lot more having worked with the team. Than I think I ever would have if I'd have just been doing all this myself, and I don't think I would have been as I probably would have given up trying to improve or something. I'd probably gone into like just writing novels, which I do anyway, but I probably would have taken that head on rather than trying to improve in a style I never get feedback on. So it's very, it's a lot of fun, but sometimes it can be very frustrating. If say you spent five hours trying to draw the perfect pony and then have say UKP come along and say, eh, you did it wrong. Uh, the eye is wrong. It's too big. And you go like,
0: Urgh!
4: and you're like, Urgh! you know, you just kind of want to kind of grab somebody and kind of, <laughs> you know, have some sort of violence. Um, <laughs> not condoning it, not condoning it, but, um, but yeah, it, it can get frustrating, uh, when you're collabing with somebody. Well, my friend has a good saying, when you argue with yourself, you'll always win. And if you always win your argument, it's like having yes men, you never improve. But with a collaboration process, you can very easily get frustrated, but you can always come out with something far better. And I always think that that is, the only thing that matters as long as you make something great, it shouldn't really matter if you get annoyed or frustrated. It's all a part of the process because at the end of the day, you can hold something up and say, I was a part of this and it w- looks better than it ever would have if I'd have just done it myself
3: well uh there's several pros i can 't really think of any cons the uh, or uh,
1: no, no money
3: <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that's true but uh, the big the biggest pros are obviously uh you get to really learn how to collaborate with other people, and that's really important for your future work because you're always going to go into uh, uh work in the future where you have to collaborate with people that's inevitable and a lot of times people you don't know but will get to know and this gave me an opportunity to like get the experience in working on a big team with a bunch of people i don't know and then i eventually started getting to know these people and that's another uh benefit of it i've uh, gotten a lot of uh friends that it might be lifelong friends because we're become really close and good friends as i mentioned in the beginning we're almost like a little family and these are people that uh I love talking to and uh, uh, and I still keep in touch with a lot of people that uh, leave the team. Uh, and obviously uh, probably one of the biggest benefits is the fact that uh, the, since we are such a big uh, team of people that collab- collaborate with each other, uh, we all have different skill sets Uh, which obviously makes production a bit easier because some people can be better at doing um, different things so it goes faster because they can focus on the thing they're best at but it also makes it easier to learn new skills because then the person with a particular skill uh, might teach another person that don't have that skill that skill and then they both have that uh, skill and vice versa
1: yeah i think um the other thing is like when um we can schedule things around things so like Usually I overhire people. I say hire, but like I usually get more team people than I need just in case like um, we can schedule around like exams, like Ola is European, so exam schedules are different from like American kids in college. Um, We don't have any high schoolers anymore. I I don't do under 18 anymore. That sounds wrong. Um, I don't hire anyone. I don't, I don't hire any minors anymore because I've just been burned from that, but, um, so in that way, we can we can basically plan ahead. So it it's it's a, it's slowly becoming less stressful for me to kind of like get a hold of like wrangle all these fucking people and be like, cat, I need I need things from you, cat one, and what about you, cat two? So the the joke is you're hurting cats anyway. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so um, do you want to add anything, Lauren? Since you're 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 on the team, kind of, too?
2: Um, yeah, I suppose I could. Um, I, I won't be too long. Uh, but, yeah, I I do like being a part of this team. And, again, everyone's here to volunteer because they want to be here, you know? It's, like, we all want to have, like, a little outlet of creativity and, and you know, kind of just, like, be able to have a group of people to talk to. And, you know, it's and it's been fun. It, even, like, I've been working on a little bit of animation stuff here and there, which in my normal day-to-day stuff, I don't usually get to do animation stuff. So it's, it's fun to get to have that little outlet to do that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I love being a part of this team and been on it for a little while, almost, almost a year now, I want to say almost e- even in the middle of my crazy work schedule. It, it's nice to be able to have, there's like a constant of like, okay, we got our meetings every week. We got a uh, podcast to record. We kind of got these like uh these little like little things I can look forward to, you know? So, it's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, um I was just going to say I usually don't ask Lauren to do stuff because her main job is co-hosting the podcast with me and she. I think I've said this past, but she has a part-time or she has a full-time job and I have no job right now because of corona. So, um I I try to like give her space and less like There's something that I think she might enjoy, and then I ask her. So the project that she's the mini project she's on now, I thought was something that she would enjoy, which I was correct in, which you'll see (laughs) relatively soon if it will get done. It's like a little, it's like a little extra thing, I guess. So you know,
2: yeah, it's very, it's very close, it's very
1: close. (laughs) That's what she said. Anyway, that's something I do a lot too, which people usually don't know unless they know me. And so I think I've ruined everyone on the team, though, because now everyone's saying that's what she said jokes and they're just like, damn it, damn it, KP. So Ola, do you say, go ahead.
3: (laughs) I was just gonna say, I even do it like not just within the team. I also like do it a lot now with my other friends. Like I'm just in a different Discord chat or just meeting friends in general. And I just say... That's what she said whenever I get an opportunity to make a that's-what-she-said joke. <laughs> and it's because of you.
1: I'm corrupting everyone, so um, people get frustrated because they're just like, what are you, Michael Scott? And I'm just like, I don't know, it's 2020, I should stop with that's-what-she-said jokes.
3: But you got the KP know. virus. It, it's
1: a good way to... It's a good way to kind of lighten the mood sometimes and show how immature you really are. So. Mm.
3: As a wise man once said, what's the point of being an adult if you can't be childish sometimes?
1: Who said that?
3: Uh, the fourth doctor from Doctor Who.
1: Okay, that's that's why I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so, Ola, what has been some of your most ambitious uh, collaboration projects on the team? Because I don't remember, because it all blends together, so...
3: Well, it all actually started when I first joined the team. Um my first actual project was uh was uh, sort of like um an animation thing with the Puppet Pals thing. But that wasn't one major thing. But the second thing I ever got was I had to work on uh the the ace animation just for kids and um and I sort of had to take that over from another editor. And that felt like a big collaboration because we basically, basically both edited half and half of that video. Um, and then there's obviously, uh, the MLP finale, uh, was a huge collaboration, uh, between three editors, uh, me, Freddy and Tifa. Um, which Freddy and Tifa are obviously two other editors on the team. Um, we each edited uh, one part each of uh, the finale review because it was such a big uh, thing, um, and um,
1: uh, yeah, and Kenny, Kenny did a bit of it too. Um, the the montage of all the the KP stuff. So, because um, I've made Kenny w- Kenny watch the video, the all the videos on the channel. So if there's something that like, is historical that we need to bring up and, like, flashback to, then I just like, ask Kenny, because I don't... I usually don't watch the videos um after they're out, and I forget about them. So, um I'll remember stuff that's repetitive, but I... Or repetitive jokes, but usually people are like, what about this thing? And I'm just like, I don't know, I believe you.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was, uh, that was actually, um... Uh, also, uh, an editor called Phoenix Star, I think, he also worked a little bit on that uh, video. He de- did uh, the compilation of uh, Twilight, I think. Twilight freakouts. I think that was Phoenix Star that did that. Uh, he was an editor that was really uh, that w- wasn't a long time on the team, but he did a good job on that uh, collaboration. So it was a re- uh, on that uh, <laughs> compilation. I mean, so it was a really big collaboration between editors, and it was a lot of uh, fun. Uh, editing, uh, to do, um, and uh, just working on that finale in general was really fun. Just getting, just being over with MOP felt really great, but it's <laughs> also the fact that, uh, that finale was really good in my opinion as well. So I really liked editing that. And,
1: uh, the, the script or the actual episode?
3: Uh, the script was, uh, great too, but the actual episode was also really good. And that comes from someone that, uh, isn't the biggest MLP fan ever? Uh, for the first time, I watched the show was when I joined the team. Uh,
1: yeah, I was going to bring that up. Tell tell them how you, every tell people how you had to reverse Brony to be on the team.
3: Yeah, so basically, I joined the team about one and a half year ago. Uh, so it was just a few months before the ninth season started. So when I joined the team, I was tasked to finish uh, the whole show before uh, the last season started. Uh, and I had, at that point in time, only watched one season many, many years ago when I was young. So I had to uh, watch uh, the whole show uh, all over again. Um, all over again, I had never watched anything else but the first season. but uh, So I had to watch the whole show. And uh, I kind of went a little bit overboard because when I first joined this team, I really wanted, wanted to make a good uh, impression. Um, <laughs> so... Um, When KP told me that I needed to watch the show, I ended up binging six of the seasons in like six days. So it's like (laughs) one season every day. (laughs) I used a little bit longer on the seventh season. I think I uh, spent a week on the seventh season, but the six first seasons, I I spent like I spent like only six days on. (laughs) I was like, I had to make a good impression. It didn't help that also that when I first joined the team, I had to go on a school trip so I couldn't actually start working on the team the first week I was on the team. So I felt really bad. So I was just like, okay, now I need to watch the whole show real quickly to to show that I'm dedicated.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, so this is why, like, you know, I'm always, like, hesitant with new people because I, like they i'm afraid i'm just going to burn them out if i ask them to do something that isn't realistic and then they don't tell me it's realistic and then you you watch six episodes of the horse show in like an unhealthy amount of time so you know it's fun
3: yeah and and my point sort of all with with all of this was sort of like i didn't i don't have the emotional attachment that a lot of people have to mlp i haven't watched it for many years or grown up with it or anything like that it it it, it hasn't shaped me as a person, that, uh, personally, but uh, even still, uh, I really, really liked that finale. I thought that was a really great uh, ending to the show, uh, especially from a pretty, honestly, lackluster season in general, if you ask me. Uh, the finale was really great and uh, and uh, kind of emotional. Um, I'm not going to go into more details than that.
1: Oh, yeah, you cried, right?
3: <laughs> well, um, yeah, I had just moved to a n- new city and I had no friends there. And then I watched like a finale about how <laughs> friendship is magic. And I have no friends where I live at the moment because I'm in a new place where I know no one. Uh, I wasn't a good combo. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We but, broke we broke Ola.
3: But that does show that the, the finale was uh, pretty emotional, even for a person that uh, doesn't have the emotional connection to the show. Um, but now we're kind of getting off track, but yeah, the, the a little point bit, was basically um, it was a really big collaboration working on that finale uh but before we end this question, i don't I, I, we can't move on from this question before actually mentioning the biggest collaboration this whole team has done on the time I was on the team, and that is obviously prince's bride uh that was a huge project that we spent like maybe a year on um uh, yeah, more than a year actually. Yeah, yeah. You, it was. Uh, but it, was, it started it before I joined before... the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, and it, everyone on the team worked together on that one. Uh, the artists they they made um, they they made the art obviously for the Princess Bride. Animators made the fully animated segments, and the editors they added lighting to the animation. Obviously, also animated all the all all the scenes uh, Mm -hmm. in in, uh, Premiere and After Effects, uh, while also adding lightning effects uh, to the scenes. And every single editor and every single artist and every single animator on the team worked on that project. And while there were a lot of uh, issues throughout production, uh, which obviously such a big project always will have, Mm -hmm. uh, I think we came out with a pretty good result uh, in the end.
1: Yeah, I... I was kind of disappointed, um, because BronyCon is stupid, but I was, I, like, and they, 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 they kind of jeopardized the panels because I was vocal about them kind of being dicks, which I will do sometimes because, you know, I'm, I'm the no bullshit person, essentially. Um, and then they, 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 they tried to, they told me I wasn't allowed to be at my own table. Which was fine, I guess. So, like, Freddie, f- like, all the team members that were at BronyCon had to vend for me. And I had to, like, go off and, like, do commissions and then drop them off. And I remember, this is a little off topic, but I remember one time I was at a pan, I was at the animator panel doing a commission. And someone had a fucking box of pizza. And they spilled the oil from the pizza on my commission when it was halfway done. And this was, like, a $50 commission. And I was, he's just like, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, <laughs> so it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. I was probably, in, I was, I was in the inking stages of it. So, um, you know, it's not like I didn't have fucking time, but anyway, so they put all my panels at one, um, 1am 1 and like 12am and stuff like that. So we did technically air what we had a princess bride at BronyCon, but I really think it deserved to be like a spectacle, um, for the, because of it, just how big it is, like all the the art was on model, which basically means it looks the same um, for the most part. And I don't know, I was I was a little la- it was a little lackluster how it performed um, after the fact. And you know, I always think like I'm never gonna do a big project again. And then I'm like, what if we had this idea? And then maybe it'll help the channel, and then it doesn't really do anything. So. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that that is such a shame, because I think uh, we all worked really hard on it, and we were all really happy with our work, and we all had uh, fun despite the issues uh, throughout production. We all had, in the end, fun making it. Uh, we were glad it was uh, over and done with, and I think all of us were a bit disappointed that it didn't perform better, but uh, in the end we were at least happy with the final uh, product, I think. and. Uh, Uh, It did also uh, make us all become a bit closer to each other because we had to obviously collaborate a lot uh, throughout that time, which I also just remembered I forgot to mention something really important. We obviously also have to give credit to Thomas, uh, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, for the amazing soundtrack he did for Princess Bride, and all the other amazing music is done. Especially the music is done from the for the Channel trailer. That that is that I love that music he made for the Channel trailer.
1: Yeah, Thomas Thomas is the real MVP.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say that that kind of segues into uh, another question that I have, which is, uh, uh, what were some of the challenges, or uh, what are some of the challenges of collaborating as everybody on the team kind of works from abroad and is not always in the same place. <laughs>
3: uh well, uh the obvious one is communication is key. Communication is very important and it isn't always uh the easiest to get in touch with people, uh but due to uh, different time zones and so uh, sometimes people are scared to say that they might not uh reach the deadline because they're afraid to uh afraid to disappoint people and uh and stuff and that might lead to them ignoring uh us but i feel like the team has improved a lot with uh with uh keeping in touch with with each other uh when it comes to that but i think communication is the biggest issue uh it's obviously also uh internet connection It, it might also be a big issue because obviously when we work Uh, All over the world, Uh, we need to upload our work onto the internet. And if you have a a slow uh, internet speed and uh, upload speed and stuff, uh, it might take a while uh, to upload stuff. Like, uh, uh, for example, Freddie—he's a great editor, but he has really awful internet, so uh, it takes a long time for for his videos and stuff to be uploaded uh, onto onto um, the, the. uh, onto the internet uh, and the screen light, which is the website we use to give feedback on, uh, which might be an issue at times, especially if, the, if the, the final deadline is coming close.
1: What about you, Matt?
3: Every project I ever
4: start is ambitious for me, and they kind of start off or fade out because I either take too much on or I, you know, overestimate my skill everything I try to start, I try to do something that I've never done before or something that I've started, but never finished like with animation, just taking on the prospect of animating is ambitious to me because I'm doing a lot of it by myself for my private work. Um, And with the same with comics, because I'm doing it myself, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of pressure and, Uh, It's very difficult. I mean, the most ambitious project I think I've got at the moment is somebody's asked me to animate a music video for them. Uh, It's not gotten very far because I'm very busy. But I'm actually making a music video to to music. It's like a three-minute track, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's actually animating proper people as well, which I've never really done before. I'm usually using characters that already exist that have a lot of reference that i can look at so animating people whose designs i have to create is very ambitious and then there's all the stuff that i do for kp which has been very ambitious in itself because i've never done a lot of the stuff that she asks of us before but it's been great fun and i think trying to take on something that's ambitious is very worth it and there are times where it can make me feel that maybe I'm pushing myself too far but I just keep trying uh and when you push past it and you finish it you get that great sense of accomplishment and as I was, as I said earlier it everything i do is kind of ambitious so every time i finish something i'm quite relieved both because it's finished and i can move on to something else but also that i've got a finished project that's something i can give and show people so yeah i don't know what else to say
1: (laughs) great matt okay and then um i guess we can all answer this um together because we all been on the team for like at least a little bit but the last question the last question i wanted to address before we tell people like what advice well it is the last question is kind of like what, what advice slash like how to how to organize the team so we'll do the organization for first as far as how we manage things and what has worked and what hasn't worked so i guess i'll go first and you guys can jump in if there's something i forget um so the biggest thing i think if you if you the listener wants to do a collaboration with people that aren't um you is coming up with a good concept um or a concept that you're that you're happy with that you're happy to pitch to people that you like you know if you're not if you're doing this as a one-off project and not like um a team like I don't think anyone makes really I mean Josh kind of because he kind of pre- he kind of I kind of helped him with his business amount a little bit But in general, I don't think anyone makes content this way. Um, But it helps me reduce a lot of my stress because, as you guys know, I have a lot of mental health problems and it makes my life complicated. So, um, and then outsourcing some of this this stuff can kind of um, make it better by getting all the feedback because if I was just making content by myself, I don't think I'd be, I don't think, A, I would enjoy the process as much because I can, like, write a script and just kind of see what happens with it. Versus, like, knowing what's going to happen with it. And then, um, I don't know what that, I don't know what that sound is. But anyway, um, <sighs> cut, cut that. But anyway, um, okay. So I think the first thing, um, besides getting a script together, and, um, if you're doing this as a collaboration, like, long-term or first or first term, short term, that's a word, is um, being clear with your expectations for people. I find that if you're clear about things from the get-go, then it leads to less miscommunication. So things things that I would recommend, and again, guys, feel free to jump in, um, is making sure you have an instant messaging um, system in place. So we use Discord, Skype is fine, Facebook Messenger is fine, I guess. Like, whatever you want to use. And make sure people are checking that, like, relatively daily, depending on the project. So that way you can get a hold of um, people, especially when you're not in the same place. Um, So, like, I've always said, we don't have a physical Team KP office. So I can't, like, knock on Ola's office door and say, Hey, Ola, how's your work going? Can I help you? Can I look over your shoulder? Like, I can't physically check if he's doing shit because he's in Europe. So, um, you know, you have to communicate, you have to show that you're making progress. Um, and then just have...
3: If you could have those papers on my desk by Monday, that would be great.
1: <laughs> Give me those pictures of Spider-Man.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Sandra made a meme of, the, of me of that uh, <laughs> at some point.
1: And I think the other thing is just, you know, having a plan is really important to having firm deadlines because, you know... And then, you know, making sure people are honest with you if something comes up, so you can tell who's procrastinating on their work if you're managing the team. So like, you know, get in a group, say, hey, we're gonna get like, what do you want? What do you want your deadline to be for this? And like breaking it down, and you know, seeing how they work, and if someone isn't committing to the deadline, then you and then you pull them to the side. It's like, hey, buddy. You still want to do this? um, Because I can, you know, you're kind of falling behind a little bit. And they're just like, ah, geez, Rick, I'm not sure. So, um, I think that's my general, like, and then also, you know, feel comfortable with the people you're working with, which is always, which has been, um, somewhat problematic for me, not so much lately, but just in general, um, because of how badly I've been burned from people that are just like, re, KP's a monster, re, so you know but i think i mean there's a lot of people on the team that were there for that if you know what i'm referring to essentially and a lot of people were just like just just take your time we're fine we're cool we'll just chill while you go to lots of therapy so um i don't know i think those are all my tips um what do you, do you guys have any other tips or any 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 like feedback as far as like how to make the corrupt collaboration process like work
3: well uh i've noticed a lot of people uh especially new people uh, are really scared of actually going directly to other people on the team and asking them a question about something they don't understand either if they for example get feedback from us and they don't really understand the feedback they're often afraid to ask uh what you meant and then they tend to uh, tend to just ignore that specific feedback because they don't didn't understand it or there's just one specific thing uh, when it comes to editing, for example, that they don't know how to do and instead of asking if anyone on the team knows how to do it, they just uh, don't and uh, it will either lead to their videos being delayed or uh, or them trying for a really long time trying to figure out how to do it themselves and maybe they do finally do it uh, themselves, but it, it leads to uh, a lot of delays th- through that, uh, obviously. Um, and I think then it's really important to make sure that the people uh, on the team are comfortable with going to each other and being aware that it's and you don't need to be ashamed to go to someone else on the team and and tell them you don't know how to do this specific thing, because uh, obviously you can't you can't do everything. You're not a master at everything. Uh, and by going to other people and asking for help with this thing, you can eventually someday be good at doing this thing. Um, and so, so I've been trying to work really hard to like make sure that people, uh, are aware that they can always go to me and ask for help if there's something, uh, they need help with, um, uh, and that th- there's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to that. And obviously, if I don't know the answer to the best thing either, I also tend to uh, direct them to someone I know knows the answer, uh, and and uh, try to make sure that they know that no one on the team will judge them if they don't know how to do a specific thing.
2: Uh, yeah, it, Matt, you got anything to add in terms of advice?
3: <laughs> uh,
2: I think I've
4: kind of covered this before. Um... The biggest uh, advice that I could give is make sure you're online at specific times because communication is key. Uh, un- unless it's something like, okay, you got this job to do, do that. Uh, and then you don't need to talk to them except for like, okay, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. You give me what you've got and then I'll give feedback. That That's kind of fine. Uh, there's a lot of trust as well that needs to be done if you can't trust that somebody's going to get something done it kind of makes you wary i think if it's between friends then you kind of trust that they're going to get it done and sometimes you can give them leeway uh kp you yourself you kind of uh give a lot of people a lot of chances and a lot of leeway when they're When they're like, they're stressed or they're behind because you know that we're doing this for free. I think if you were kind of like super kind of, hey, you've got to get this done now or you're fired, you'd probably lose a lot of people. So thankfully, you haven't gone that (laughs) that direction. Um, it's, I mean, again, it's collaboration, it's not working for that. You have to kind of make sure you understand that, uh, definition of the of the word uh you're working with people it's very good to be precise and clear on what you want if you're like heading the collaboration it's you have to be concise on what you're expecting from people what you want them to do so clear so again it always bow it always comes down to communication uh, it's you know communicate with your team you know understand them Tell them what they what you want in a very clear, concise way. Even if it's a problem, you know, like oh, you don't know how to draw something, or you don't feel that you're you're getting it right. Communicate that. There's nothing worse in a in a in a collaborated project than relying on somebody, and then when their deadlines due, they turn to you and say, "I didn't do it because." I got scared or I didn't know how to do it. So I was doing a lot of research when you could have told them that and they could said, okay, this is what I want it to look like. Research, research, research. Here it is. You know, it's very simple and often saves a lot of time by getting people who know what they, what they want from you to, to be more clear on what the objective is. And I think Mm -hmm. roles are a good, are a good thing. Like you, if you want somebody to do something specific, then they should just do that specific thing, rather than having them do a dozen jobs. And you know, like they're only really good at one, or there's stuff that other people can be doing. You know, you, it's just a case of, like I said, communication. You have to kind of know who you're working with, what they can do how fast they can do it, how clear the instructions are, clear on what you want, clear on what you want from them, and being quick to the reply, or at least, if not quick, routine with it. Uh, so, so yeah, my saying again, <laughs> I, know I keep repeating myself, but uh, best advice I can give is when you collaborate, remember communication. Make sure you know everything and and be very clear.
1: And I think the other thing is just you know having a plan is really important having firm deadlines because you know, and then you know making sure people are honest with you if something comes up so you can tell who's procrastinating on their work if you're managing the team. So like you know get in a group, say hey, we're gonna get like what do you want? What do you want your deadline to be for this? And like breaking it down. And, you know, seeing how they work. And if someone isn't committing to the deadline, then you then you pull them to the side. It's like, hey, buddy, you still want to do this? Um, because I can, you know, you're kind of falling behind a little bit. And they're just like, oh, geez, Rick, I'm not sure. So um, I think that's my general, like, and then also, you know, feel comfortable with the people you're working with, which is always... Which has been um somewhat problematic for me, not so much lately, but just in general, um, because of how badly I've been burned from people that are just like, Re, KP's a monster, re So, you know, but I think I mean there's a lot of people on the team that were there for that, if you know what I'm referring to essentially. And a lot of people were just like, just just take your time. We're fine, we're cool, we'll just chill while you go to lots of therapy. So, um, I don't know. I think those are all my tips. Um what do you, do you guys have any other tips or any 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 like feedback as far as like how to make the corrupt cl- collaboration process like work?
3: Uh well, uh the obvious one is communication is key. Communication is very important and it isn't always uh the easiest to get in touch with people, uh but due to uh, different time zones and so sometimes people are scared to say that they might not uh reach the deadline because they're afraid to uh afraid to disappoint people and uh and stuff and that might lead to them I- ignoring uh us but i feel like the team has improved a lot with uh with uh keeping in touch with with each other uh when it comes to that but i think communication is the biggest issue uh it's obviously also uh internet connection it, it might also be a big issue because obviously when we work uh, all over the world uh, we need to upload our work onto the internet and if you have a a slow uh, internet speed and uh, upload speed and stuff uh it might take a while uh to upload stuff like uh uh, for example, Freddie, he's a great editor, but he has really awful internet so it uh, takes a long time for her, for his videos and stuff to be uploaded uh, onto onto, um, the, uh, onto the internet uh, and the screenlight, which is the website we use to give feedback on, uh, which might be an issue at times, especially if the, if the, the final deadline is coming close.
1: And I think that's kind of a lot of the point of all this is people come to the team because they don't know a thing as well as they would like to, and they want a way to practice it also in an environment that will um actually it will actually be used for something because you know we we talk about a lot about art and animation, and there's a lot of art and animation kids out there or people in general, not just kids who are practicing their animation or practicing their art, and then it just sits in their portfolio. And, you know, never, never to see the light of day, essentially, besides just being in their portfolio. But like, for something like this, um, and if you're planning a collaboration, just keep this in mind, you know, um, so portfolio is just basically showing off your skills to like other people that might hire you or whatever, it helps show credibility that you can actually you're actually can do the thing that you're saying you can do and not just telling people, which is a problem. Um, A lot of times people are like, I can do that thing. And I'm like, prove it and they're just like oh snap so you know help portfolios help but um like having a a team project around it it actually is like say you do a painting or you do like an um like some sort of editing thing it will actually be used to entertain or as a as a piece for entertaining other people and as a backdrop for something so not only can you say oh I made this pretty background, but, oh, I made this pretty background, and then it was used for a shot, an, a shot for an, an animation done by another person. So it also shows that, you know, you, you are willing to be on the team, and or are willing to be on a team. And I think that's what a lot of hiring manager people, persons are looking for, is just people that are just relatively easy to work with, and regardless if it's internet projects or not, and... Um, People, like, because I know I can be nitpicky with my feedback, but people that will be dependable and uh, not flake and also not get mad at you when you give them a million notes, because it will happen. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you think, guys, or anything you want to add?
3: There was something I was planning to add, but I forgot what it was. (laughs) Damn it. Oh, yeah, now I remember something I was going to add. Uh, it was really just something to add, like, like uh, another good reason for uh, doing this, like, stuff uh, for for, uh, for free is obviously, uh, like, I know this wasn't relevant to this question, but that previous question, like, the, the good reason uh, why why is we're willing to do this for free is also it's, it's really good to have on your resume that you've been working really hard on all this stuff for free, because, like, if you show that on your resume... Uh, to, to someone uh, in the future when you're looking for a job and they see, oh, you did all this stuff for free, then obviously what? Uh, how hard will this person work for me? Uh, I at least think that's how they're going to react.
1: Yeah, I mean, not that you have to work for free. That's everyone' in, everyone's individual choice based on the time and or skills they have. But um, a lot of people make exceptions for group projects like this because of the advantages about, you know, learning different skills and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm always touchy about, you know, because the Internet is very much like don't work for exposure. And I've made a video about it. And, you know, I think it, we need to have a like we need to have a deeper conversation about working for free, depending on the environment you're working for and not just shutting people down when they're willing to work for free. Because like you know, I love this team, and we all work really hard. And I get really frustrated, especially when people dismiss not only me but the team members because they think, oh, they're just too stupid to work for 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 money. They're and I'm just like, no, you dum dums, and um, you know that's insulting their intelligence. And you know, you don't know these you don't know these people. You know what what they're personally getting out of it, and you don't you don't ask. You know, like. I make a big point in the, in the fan server that all the team members are in the fan server and you can ask team members direct questions, so we're not hiding anything. I secretly don't have Ola, like, you know, microchip to work for me or anything like that, um, that he knows of. But <laughs> that was my joke.
3: Ola.exe stop working. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to point out the fact that also, like, I don't think anyone on this team actually works for Exposure. Because working for exposure is uh, a bullshit thing. And I honestly believe that working for exposure is not a real thing at all. Because in reality, uh, no one gives a damn about who actually works behind the scenes. Have you ever watched a movie and watched the credits and be like, Oh, yeah, so that person made the props. (laughs) No, you don't. The reason why we, we don't work on this team to become famous or something like that we don't work so people will see us in the credit we work for this team because we want the experience we think it's fun and obviously it's also the the whole family dynamic of the team where we are really uh, close friends
1: i i make everyone do secret santa every year so and we were actually planning a disneyland trip before um the coronavirus so
3: yeah that was sad
1: because because Lauren and I can just drive, and everyone's like, I'm going to come to Europe to go to Disneyland and California land. So, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, and I don't think a lot of the team members, like, have that. Or people aren't really paying attention to the team members. I think they just like to throw shade. Granted, it's not as much of a problem anymore, really. Like, um, but it always, like, grinds in my gears a little bit when people just are like, rawr, 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 rawr. like, you don't pay people. Rawr, rawr. And, like, there's other there's other YouTubers that are just like, Ruh, ruh, ruh. you should pay people ruh, ruh, ruh. and they, they find ways to dismiss me because of how I operate but I'm just like dude you know it's not like I haven't thought about this and you know stop stop being a douchebag so <laughs> that's the that's the end of the podcast everyone no. <laughs> um
3: like the the only form of sort of exposure you could get out of this is with your personal friends, where they ask you what you're doing, you can be like, yeah, I work. You flex on your friends, being like, yeah, I work for this YouTuber with over a hundred thousand subscribers. Or when when strangers ask you, oh, what what do you do in your free time? And you're just like, oh, I'm gonna flex a bit. I work for this YouTuber with over a hundred thousand subscribers. That's the closest you can get to sort of like actually sort of big exposure, and that's not sort of like a a, a thing. That's not the reason why we work on the team. I don't think people usually like flex that either. I think I think working, claiming that that we are stupid idiots that work for uh, exposure and are getting manipulated is is stupid because we chose to be on this team not for exposure or for money but for experience and 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 friendship is magic. <laughs> not the show, but the fact that friendship is actually magic.
1: Okay. Um. I think I think this was a pretty good episode for general collaboration. So, you know, to round off, um, essentially if you want to do an internet collaboration, just make sure you have your a good foundation for your shit. So make sure that you have deadlines, you have a general idea in mind, you know how the process works. So like, you know, writing a script, writing a script if you're gonna do animation, like, you know, how do the programs work on a general level? You know, stuff like that. So breaking that stuff down and presenting it to people. And you know, again, always don't take it, don't take it personally if people won't do stuff for free. Cause a lot of people have been burned by like fan projects that d- don't get done. And I remember when, I remember when Lauren was like, we were starting the podcast and starting to record stuff. She's just like, I don't, I don't want to, is this actually like, I don't want to waste time if this isn't going to get done. And I'm like, bitch, I'm KP. My projects always get done, even if I hate them. So that that's the, that's a joke. Um,
3: I mean, the podcast did have sort of a rough start to begin with, but as soon as we really, like, got all the basics done, the podcast has been going really, really smoothly every week, I feel
1: like. Yeah, so I think it it speaks a lot if you can do, like, a simple video or a simple edit with HitFilm, because HitFilm's free. Um, Just showing people what you can do and that you're putting in the time, because I, like, especially working for free... Um, especially if you're a younger child, like if you're like in your, in like 14 or 15, it, it will help go a long way. So people don't feel like they're donating their time for something that won't happen essentially. So that's, you know, that's why I don't do lines for people anymore when people ask, because I'm just like, I'm tired of giving lines for things that never get done. So, you know, like give me some credibility and then I'll think about it. But any other points that you guys want to add for internet collaboration?
3: I mean, to add on to the point you just said, uh, as you said, uh, your KP, your project always gets done. I don't think there's ever been like, uh, at least in my time during the team, there's never really been a project that we've started working on that there hasn't been, uh, that in the end there weren't anything uh uh, done with it. I think every time, even if it's been delayed, it's always been uh, finished. And even if another editor have to take over, the the editor that previously worked on it will get credit for what they worked on. So things always get done and people always get credit for what they have done.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really important. You know, again, just finding ways to establish your credibility by doing small things before you start pitching your shit um, goes a long way to make people feel more comfortable. That, like, oh, okay, well, they actually kind of know what they're doing, so I'm not going to waste all my time doing this thing that never happens. And, you know, I feel bad because there were so many fan projects, especially in Pony, where they were like, we're going to make the first fan-made movie. We're going to make the first Fallout of Quest. Year short. We're going to do all this stuff. And I'm just like, no, you're not. Like, why are you getting panels for things that you won't do? No, you're not. So, you know, and then I was, I ended up being right about most of that. So, um... Not to toot my own horn, but you know I'm very I'm very proud that I'm able to get get the shit done. So essentially, so make sure you get your shit done and, and research and sh- stuff. Okay, Lauren, do you have anything to add before we wrap?
2: Nope. <laughs> I think you nailed all all the stuff I would have brought up. So
3: <laughs> for some reason, I just started imagining uh, Pinky and the Brain creating a panel at a conve- uh, convention about how they're going to take over the world. <laughs> Because you're talking about stuff they say they're going to do, but it's never going to be done.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is, essentially. So anyway, um, any any uh, closing thoughts, Matt?
4: Yeah, it was great being on. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry about blabbering on and not being very clear, I think. I, I, I never think I'm clear anyway. But, uh, you yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been great fun.
1: Thanks, Matt. What about you, Ola?
3: Um, Subscribe to... I love Kim Possible a lot. It is a good channel because I edit the videos and that makes it good. <laughs> and KP is cool too, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I try. So anyway, um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the main channel if you're new. We put out podcasts every week um, on all your favorite platforms that you'll probably hear again in the outro. But I'm saying it again for repetition because I'm boring. Um. Join the fan server. It's cool. I'm trying to get people to give feedback about your own creative ideas. So if you need, like, a place to go that is just, like, I want to do this thing, how do's do's, and Ola will be like, you're doing it wrong, and then Ola will get sad because you're doing it wrong. Um,
3: Did you think I was the coolest person you have ever heard? Then go <laughs> to the fan server, and you might be able to interact with me in person. Well, not in person, but uh, through, through voice chats.
1: essentially um if you if that's your game um yeah so i think i think we're we're good so see you next week on animation communication
2: thanks for joining us guys
1: bye
0: Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.